0: Daryl Morris, on Times Radio. Good evening, 20 past 11. Big news this week that we couldn't let pass. Uh, NASA has released a report, what it knows, I think more to the point where it doesn't know, about unidentified aerial phenomena, or as used to be called, uh, unidentified flying objects. Uh, We're going to hear from Andy Land, a space expert. He joins us after 11.30 tonight. He's my favourite space expert, and he'll fill us in, he'll tell us what he knows. Maybe he knows more than NASA knows. There's also some really interesting stuff about how uh, artificial intelligence is being used to try to help the search for, or at least help to understand what is happening um, beyond Earth and help to understand... What those unidentified aerial phenomena actually are, uh, we'll ask Andy to decode some of that for us after eleven thirty on Times Radio tonight. Firstly, eleven Mexican police officers have been convicted of killing nineteen migrants on the U.S.-Mexico border. It's a story that finds itself right at the heart of some of the big themes of the U.S.-Mexican border around mig- mi- uh, migration, corruption, and cartels. John Bonfiglio is in Mexico for us this evening. John, hello there. Hey, Daryl. Thank you for being with us. Okay, John. Just explain exactly what's happened in the conviction of these police officers.
1: Well, I guess in some ways it's a really prosaic bit in the broader tragedy because this is now two years in the you know in the happening, and on Thursday these uh, these police officers, um, twelve officers that have been charged, but one collaborated, turned state's evidence, and was just charged with abuse of authority. Eleven were convicted. These uh, these police officers had killed the migrants. Uh, because they were part of a turf war in which local police are fundamentally, there's no other way to describe it, they are foot soldiers uh, for the cartels and they decided to uh, to kill, to murder the the migrants and the two traffickers that were moving them through in order to send a message to say that this... Uh, this turf belonged to them and nobody else, because, of course, this this area where it took place in the state of Tamalipas in the northeast of Mexico, which borders Texas, is highly contested by a variety of cartels because it is a lucrative smuggling group for, of course, drugs, but also, uh, slightly lesser-known, people and and migrants. And actually, most of these migrants who were killed were from one village in Guatemala, Comitancillo, who had all uh, departed months before together Hoping for safety in numbers and moving, hoping to move to the US in the hope of a better life.
0: Right, my goodness. Um, so you, you say the police are effectively a branch of the cartels.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there are. There's a real uh, uh, fractured police services right throughout. Uh, Mexico, and there are anything from municipal police to local police to state police to federal police to drugs police, it goes on and on and on. But of course, given the fact that the preeminent groups, uh, uh, the control space in Mexico, or large swathes in Mexico are the cartels, it kind of goes without saying that any... Police officers that are functioning on the ground in these spaces necessarily need to be paying at the very least lip service uh, or being potentially in the direct employ of the cartels in order to be there at all if uh, you know if if they weren 't into that if they hadn 't said yes they 'd either be uh, dead or they wouldn 't have signed up in the in the first place so the, the the real power and control again not throughout Mexico but in significant sections of Uh, the country is, are the cartels in hock with uh, politicians and police and in some cases also the army.
0: So what is the motivation to want to kill migrants trying to cross the border?
1: Here it was just, I mean, as always, it's about money. It's about the fluidity of money. So it's about saying, sending a a hyper violent message to migrants, uh, which says if you go with them, uh, you will be killed. You are better off paying us to bring you up through Mexico and to cross uh, the border. And it's also worth contextualising. I think, Daryl, the numbers that we are uh, that we are talking about June twenty twenty three, which is the uh, you know, the last month for which we have figures, uh, encounters. They, the US refers to them as encounters because they're not specifically people. You could maybe encounter the same person twice in a given month. Uh, there were over one hundred and fifty thousand encounters on the US Mexico border, so detentions. That's up 27% year on year. And and we are talking record statistics uh, from about uh, 20 years ago. and Also worth saying, this is the summertime, which is exceedingly hot and normally sees uh, reduced numbers of migrants trying to cross uh, the US-Mexico border because of how deadly it is. And this, uh, 2022, was the deadliest year on record, according to the International Organisation for Migration, uh, 686 deaths and disappearances. And, of course, in the nature of the situation, you know, that is incomplete data. And it is, statistically, the deadliest land route for migrants on Earth. Right. And still, this remains an
0: enormous political issue, doesn't it? Both sides of the borders
1: yeah absolutely i mean in particular on the us side of the border because there's a very clear split between republicans and uh, and democrats uh, as to as to the issue and it's a very straightforward stick which the uh, republicans use to beat the uh, the Democrats with, also because most of the states on the southern, on you know, the US-Mexico border tend to be Republican-led. So, it, you know, it opens up uh, an ongoing debate uh, because these are, as I say, you know, these are significant numbers that are attempting to um, to cross. In Mexico, it's slightly less of an issue. I guess where it's more of an issue here in Mexico is when you have things like these atrocities, these deaths uh, that that take place. And it's also about the perceived collusion of the Mexican authorities, the federal and state authorities with US uh, migrant and border policy, um, that they are sort of being co-opted into following a US narrative in terms of uh, stopping migrant detentions. Again, something which is little reflected on is that... Uh, even though numbers are at record levels on the U.S.-Mexico border, Mexico has been incentivized to actually stop migrants crossing through the country and going up to the U.S.-Mexico border and detaining them and making the, the Mexico-Guatemala border a de facto extension of the U.S.-Mexico border. Right. And so, and so, so people in Mexico feel that,
0: do they? That, that, that their authorities have been co-opted into American policy?
1: They very much uh, do. They, there is, on a, on a day-to-day basis, an on-the-ground basis here, a real understanding of the plights of migrants because many uh, people here have family members in the US, have seen people, have witnessed people, have experienced family members and friends, you know, take that route up to, to the US, and there is great sympathy. Um, so that yeah, there is a general sort of um, incredulity as to... The, the I guess the policy making that exists at a federal level in, in Mexico, but when you have a situation as took place with these with these migrants, there is uh, of course there's a sense of the tragic nature of what took place, but there's also a sense of a lack of surprise given that if you think about corruption and police statistics in Mexico, in the second half of last year alone, one in two Mexicans experienced some form of corruption in the country, and uh, similarly. Police, uh, at point of interaction with the public uh, in the second half of last year, took bribes in 52% of cases in which they interacted uh, with the public. There are, on average, 19,000 bribes paid per day in Mexico, that is 13 every minute.
0: (laughs) Wow, my goodness me. And so I suppose with that in mind, John, was this conviction itself unlikely?
1: It was it 's something of a surprise. These things tend to go uh, uh, i mean sometimes unreported, certainly uninvestigated and uh, ordinarily unpunished, but I guess the, the really high profile nature of of this event meant that people had to take uh, note and they had to do, they had to be seen to be doing something about it, but for every one of these cases. Where you have a conviction, you have uh, an infinite number of others, uh, where it just you know it is uh, water under the bridge, sadly mm,
0: indeed, and there's a real human cost, isn't there there then John
1: absolutely look and, and also throughout Latin America, this is felt I mean we're talking here about a village in. Uh, in in guatemala but you know the the moment you can um there are these migrant groups that are moving through mexico and trying to get up to the to the u.s come from they are existing in caravans they come from central america from el salvador from guatemala from honduras uh from cuba recently there's been a, a huge spike this has been the biggest exodus migrant exodus from the island in living memory, Venezuela for obvious economic reasons that we've that we've seen and spoken about. And Haiti, which is you know undergoing Haiti's never had it easy, but it's undergoing a, a terrible time, even by its own standards. And we we see the human tragedy, and we feel the human tragedy at the point of impact where you have something like these deaths take place on the US-Mexico border. But this is this this lack, this absence, this ache of People moving away from these communities right across Latin America is felt on a day by day basis in uh, communities, towns, villages right across the region.
0: Hmm. Indeed. Um,
1: John, insightful
0: as ever. Thank you for your time. No problem. Take care. You too. John Bonfiglio for us in Mexico tonight after 11 former police officers found guilty of the murders of 17 migrants on the US border uh, in 2021.